Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, here we go. Illinois basketball suffers a loss in its first Big Ten game. Jeremy Warner back at the home base here in Illinois. Derek Piper out on the East Coast at the Xfinity Center, which has been a house of horrors for Brad Underwood. Illinois under Brad Underwood now 0-3 at College Park. Uh, Derek, I was at College Park last year when Illinois lost. Um, I think that was the – was that the Kofi concussion? He was out game? He was out, yep. Yeah, and they just, they just got run. It uh, wasn't too big of a surprise. It was a bad performance, but – yeah, it was it was not a good atmosphere. Like the the fans were out. You know they had an interim coach uh, after Mark Turgeon resigned. The fan base wasn't into it. Boy, they're into their Terps and they should be because Kevin Willard has this program back. Uh, has a few good pieces, but Jameer Young, what what a performance for him! Twenty four points, including the dagger. That was a heck of a basketball game uh, and, and a heck of an atmosphere. It seemed like Derek it really was kickoff Big Ten play. It was a high level, and this place is. I mean, it's a great basketball program, a lot of tradition. You got Gary Williams sideline. It's their annual gold rush game. Scott Van Pelt in the house. It was and a 9 p.m. local start. So on a Friday night, it, it was jumping as expected. And they should be excited because you and I circle back, you and I high on this Terps team going into the year. Probably not, I feel like I wasn't high enough. I feel like I should have been more bold and ballsy and put them in my top five in the Big Ten because they had that potential. Now it's still very early, but they got a great starting five. Uh, Jameer Young was a huge addition, the local product, just down the road to Matha. But then to be able to get him from Charlotte, he's a, a good scorer, you know, putting up 19, 20 a game at Charlotte last year. And, and to throw him in the mix with Scott, with Reese, who didn't do a whole lot against Illinois, but Hakeem Hart, I think that's, again, a name that's just a really good role player and, and brings it to both ends of the floor, made some big threes. And I was most surprised with Illinois' defense in this first half. Like, they just got toasted. A team that was ninth in the country in defensive efficiency coming in here. But I think in general, the, the fight that Illinois showed in the second half, the response, Shannon literally bleeding from his face and being able to gut that thing out. I mean, they're going to be in a lot of ball games. But, yeah, this has been a, a tough spot. I can see this – the place where Anthony Cowan buried the 30-plus footer, you know, to, to end that game back in 2019. And just uh, a few feet to the – it would be to the left. That, that's where Jameer Young had a huge one. So, a tough one for Illinois, tough place for Brad Underwood. And uh, this is a good Maryland team. Brad, Brad Underwood said in the post-game press conference, he remembers uh, 2019 game, and he said somebody was suspended after it. I, I don't even remember that game well enough, Derek. Do you know what he was talking about? I, I honestly didn't. No, I was here. I remember Illinois was up early in the first half and was, was putting it to Maryland, but let them slowly but surely work their way back, and Cowan was really good, and Illinois was – that was before the breakthrough. That was 
early in the in the Big Ten schedule, and they just ultimately couldn't close it. They let it slip through their hands. I was a, I think a freshman. Is that a freshman year, yeah. Kofi? Freshman yeah. Kofi, sophomore Io. It, it, the signs of them competing in that game in this building was was uh, an indication of what was to come. But yeah, it was just another one of those tough gut-wrenching losses. Derek, there were a lot of positives here. The second half defense, you said first half was awful. Second half, 8 for 22 for, for Maryland. The free throws really came back and hurt Illinois. We'll get into maybe some, some questionable foul calls, but I thought they did a pretty good job on Dante Scott. I mean, 12 points on 13 field goal attempts. He had some great passes to Keem Hart. But the veterans were really good. I mean, Terrence Shannon coming back from that massive cut, like Illinois was probably lucky that Julian Reese got a foul because it was Dane pushing it into him. But to come back and play the way he did down the stretch, Coleman Hawkins has been phenomenal the last couple of games. Not as efficient scoring the ball today, but he carried them for the first half. And then R.J. Melendez with a big second half. But what this game came down to, right, was one team had freshman guards, the other team had Jameer Young. Uh, I don't think Donald Carey played very well, five points on six field goals. Um, but this is kind of the script you and I aren't surprised about. You wrote in your prediction this could kind of be the case because yeah. this is what we expected from this team early on is they need experience. It's the one thing they're missing, especially at that guard position. And Sky Clark played 31 minutes, six points. Jaden Epps, two points in 10 minutes tonight. Ty Rogers, non-existent. Sincere Harris looked like he was gimpy. Uh, f- five minutes tonight. They rely so much on freshmen; they can't have that. Yeah, absolutely. I thought that down the stretch, it would it would show the fact that Illinois had an inexperience and Maryland, one of the older teams out there in the country, and the fact of Jameer Young giving them twenty four points, only one turnover, and Sky and Epps together, eight points, four turnovers, and Epps in foul trouble. Uh, Sky had some turnovers of his own, obviously, uh, factoring into that. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of what I ultimately expected. Illinois has the talent. Those are talented dudes to play with anybody. Like, as far as you're going to see Texas on Tuesday, and that's a game they can – you know, they're, they're capable of winning if they play well enough. And some of the guys you mentioned as far as veterans are a big reason why. But you're, you're, you're talking about a group that, for as successful as Brad's been on the road here recently, I mean – Previous two seasons, fifteen and five in Big Ten play on the road is a key factor in being able to to win Big Ten titles. But these guys haven't done that, and to play in this raucous environment, have Jaden Epps take some shots late. I know they wanted two for one at first when I, when Jaden took that shot. You know, it was early in the clock, but he was open. They were thinking two for one, and, and Brad said he wants. He said in the post game he wants him to shoot that every time. But to have. Jaden not to be able to get in the rhythm and to have the fouls and Sky even having fouls when he gets switched on a big uh, down low in the mid post. It, it was a situation of some young youth being able to to hurt Illinois and and Maryland just having that those vets that were more rock solid and obviously Jameer had a the game of his season so far. Yeah. I know there are only a few Illinois writers there. I think it was you, Andy Olson, and, and Larry uh, that were there. Yep. So I know you didn't get many opportunities to ask questions. It was a short press conference. But I was really curious why Sky Clark, after he hits a big three with four minutes left, is subbed out at three minutes. And Jade Nepps, who played seven minutes, I believe, at that point in the game, not in a rhythm. Sky looked like he was in a rhythm. So I, I was curious of, of why he made that move. Because, you know, Jade Nepps, that, that shot – it was an open shot. I still would have, like, I get the two for one, but I would like Terrence Shannon or Coleman Hawkins to touch the ball uh, with the way they were playing. And maybe if R.J. Melendez or Dane Danger makes a field goal, you're fine with it. But um, 
I think they wanted Epps to shoot that shot, and, and he did. Um, but I, I just thought Jaden was 0 for 3 in the final three minutes. I, I wonder how that game would have gone if Sky Clark were in the game. It's nothing against Jaden because we've seen him, you know, be big and hit some big shots. But I just thought it was an interesting decision by Underwood. Yeah, that's a good call. I, I don't know. I only got a chance to ask two questions in the post game, and and that was that was it for Underwood. So uh, we didn't get an explanation on that. But um, as far as trying to find an answer for him, I would say you know Epps is quicker than Sky, so maybe defensively that was something he was thinking with Jameer Young. But yes, for Sky to hit what was a huge three to tie the game, and then to to pull him and not insert him back into the game down the stretch, where maybe if if Sky gets that same look. Maybe it goes in. Maybe it's a different story. So uh, that's one that I think fans are and and yourself are very fair in, in asking that questions. I don't know. I'm not sure. I didn't get an answer on that. I'm sure maybe a follow up when Brad talks to the media again will uh, be able to circle back and bring that up. But uh, that was something that was a key moment in the game, and Illinois wasn't able to execute. And then of course Jameer gets the the three to to be the dagger. Yeah, and they were bringing it up in the BTM post game, uh, and Michael Tulip texted me it as well. Terrence going under that screen in that moment that 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 hurt. Uh, and Brad brought up that he should have taken Dane off the court so that they could switch everything because that was bothering them uh, in the second half. I know in the first half people were upset about the switching because you know they were finding so many open shots, especially Akeem Hart. But I thought it was really bothering Maryland in, in the half court. It seemed like Illinois backed off the pressure a little bit and, and just guard in the half court. And they were great. And and then Jameer Young, of course, great play. Uh, but but Shannon going under the screen gave him a little bit of room there. Yeah. And then when you are when, – when you switch, you have to – you have to double, and Illinois kind of got caught in between sometimes. Like the weak side was trying to come over and help in the lane, but it didn't get there quick enough. And then the corner where Hakeem Hart's already rolling, getting those threes. And uh, they just had some defensive breakdowns, and that was really evident in the first half. Second half was much better. But, uh, yeah, for, for Shannon going into that screen, uh, and I get it. I think late in the game to try to get Coleman, because Coleman had played so well. Uh, off the dribble, getting to the rim early in the game, hit some threes. Uh, I know he was taking some shots late that, because once it was evident that Terrence airballed two threes and he wasn't quite right with his eye, and the crowd was all over him for those for those shots. But uh, that that wasn't going to be probably an answer to shoot that three. But you just wish that down the stretch Illinois could have executed better. And the same could have been said for the Virginia game. I mean, we're yeah. talking about the difference where Illinois up. On Virginia, three and a half to go. Illinois tied with like three to go here, and uh, that's the difference between winning and losing. But yeah, uh, you can learn from that for sure. Yeah. So I mean, obviously the players get experience doing it. Is there anything if you're the coaching staff now that you figured out with with two of these end of game situations that haven't gone your way? Um, and, and I want to bring this up big picture. I don't think anybody's panicking over these these two losses to really good teams away from home, and you're in close games. Like I, I think most people are encouraged about this team, but. Uh, it, is there any adjustment you think that that needs to be made or is it just, Hey, they need experience figuring this out and they'll do better next time. Yeah. I think it is just being in those moments, but I think that in both situations, both Virginia and Maryland, you could say that maybe they didn't know where to go with the ball late in the game or just, they didn't have a, something to dial up to say, okay, you know, we knew when IO was here and you're not going to always have an IO, but Terrence is a pretty darn good player that, Hey, we're going to put IO in a ball screen. We're going to get him downhill let him make a decision. It feels like the Virginia game when, when Terrence was having a rough afternoon and they, they, they didn't know maybe what that pivot was. And tonight with Terrence not shooting the three, and I think they were just 
caught in a situation where they didn't know maybe exactly what they wanted to do. And that's still they're coming up with their identity, their late game identity. What's going to be things that work when they when they're going to try to stop Shannon? What's going to come open? And I think part of that is still figuring out like the fact of the decision to play Sky or, or Jaden later. Or do you play both of them? Do you play Dane or not? Like, they're, they're just different ways you can shape your late game lineups. And I think that Brad is understandably still learning that stuff. And yeah. and some of it's just, you know, it, it has to play itself out late. Sometimes it, it works for you and, and sometimes it doesn't. And for Illinois to still be trying to figure some things out and, and just come up just short as an inexperienced team isn't totally surprising. I want to talk about some positives. R.J. Melendez in the first half, Derek, had zero rebounds. We could talk about the points he scored, which are big, eight of his 13. He had seven rebounds in the second half. Uh, there there were some I, – I hate using this sometimes with players. There were some times – oh, no, it gets on him for what he calls soft plays. Um, he got after it. Uh, in the second half. So I wonder what was said at halftime to RJ Melendez. He was fantastic. We talked about Coleman. Terrence, they were just tougher. They were their tougher team, I thought, in the second half. Made some big mistakes late, didn't make the shots, but that was encouraging to see. To, to come back from 11 down uh, because you were the tougher team. Like that, that was impressive in that environment. Yeah, I don't know what the offensive rebound splits were. Ultimately, I, I know Maryland was getting after on the glass. Had at least six or seven there in the first half. Yeah, it was 13. Illinois uh, had offensive rebounds. Maryland had 10. Illinois had, uh, let me get it, second chance points, 17 to 7. Yeah. Where Maryland was going there in the first half, where they, number one, they weren't missing very much. And then when they did, I think halftime, they had gotten back half of their misses. And it seemed like Maryland just had – that extra edge and, and energy to get to win all, a lot of those effort plays in the first half, and Illinois was able to to flip that switch. And really, when they were on the ropes down ten, and Terrence is on the bench getting looked at with his eye and bleeding, it looked like they could get blown off the floor. But that was kind of a an, an inspiring thing for this team to to fight even harder to make sure they were getting stops. And I think RJ going to the glass what was a good was a good thing. I mean, you look ultimately offensive rebounds. Like Terrence, while well, he didn't shoot it well after coming back in, he kept getting those tip-ins. He was just all around the basket as far as activity. He had four offensive rebounds. Coleman had four. So that that was a team that definitely showed grit and fight. I mean, the execution is still needing to be improved. I think it will, will come with time, and you'll, you, know, you can't have a substitute for experience when it comes to the freshman guards. But in terms of the toughness and resiliency, I mean, those are – the things that you like to see early on of this team. This team plays hard. They they, they play incredibly hard. Uh, and to come back from a 17-2 run, like that could have been a fold time in the first half. And then to come back and do that, and then do it again in the second half. Um, I, I love that resilience from this team. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. They needed Matthew Meyer tonight uh, in four fouls in 14 minutes. Just didn't play, never got into a rhythm. Man, it's just, you're still waiting. I know UCLA was good. He, he's done some good things. You're still waiting for that real, maybe UCLA was one of them, but that real breakout because with the freshmen struggling, Ty Rogers really struggling. Um, I thought Dane was fine tonight, good, but you really could have used Matthew Meyer. And, and, and some of those calls I know went against Illinois at some points. Like I thought the R.J. Melendez, um, that was definitely a block uh, on Martinez. That was certainly a block. Uh, there were some, some bad calls at certain points in this Epps game. That's the second foul, which yes. was called an offensive foul, was a really bad call. And, yeah, there's another uh, one in the second half I'm forgetting. But uh, some calls went against them. But, man, Meyer, they needed him on the court tonight. They did. And I, I know that I didn't get to see a, a ton of replays as far as his fouls. I do think the physicality – because Maryland's a really, really tough, gritty physical team. Maybe bothered Meyer a little bit or just he just couldn't – he, he couldn't match that as far as what he could do. I mean, it's a guy that played almost 15 minutes and, and outside of that steal and breakaway score where he misses but gets his own rebound and puts it in. I mean, he just didn't do a whole lot and, and never got in a rhythm and, and foul trouble. He had two there in the first half and just couldn't get going. Yeah, the the other one was Dane Danger uh, getting called for an offensive foul because of um, Dante Scott's acting performance. Uh, that yeah. one that should have been a no call, just just play on. Um, but yeah, those those went against him. I thought Underwood was going to get a T at some point. You were you you saw it in person, Derek? Was he about to get one? Oh yeah, he was on Tech Watch, and uh, it was six to one as far as fouls there in the second half, and. He was he was ran and raving, and then something got thrown from the student section yeah. over by the bench, and that that kind of bothered some people. And it was a pretzel, yeah. Derek. It was a pretzel. Is that what it was? Yeah, I don't know if that was did, Wagner throwing it from. Did his, it have cheese on it or no? Yeah, Wagner's a big soft pretzel guy, so I yeah. um, I don't think he appreciates somebody you know wasting away a soft pretzel. <laughs> don't know if it was a good one or a bad one. But wow. no, that, that was a, that was a tough. There were some tough calls against Illinois, uh, but yeah. it, but in the end, I thought. A couple of them, Terrence Shannon, you know, had to travel, you know, and they gave him some free throws. In the end, it did make an impact, but I'm not going to harp too much on that today because there were some moments, man. They 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 had the chance to win this game. Yeah, they definitely did, and, and you kind of account for some of that when you're on the road and you're in a a big time environment that the 50 50 calls are, are something as far as the emotional, like the refs sometimes playing to the emotion in the building. I think that. You're going to expect that you're going to get some of those back when you're in your building. And um, on this night, there were a few that you didn't like. So Illinois has two losses through eight games, Derek, and I am so encouraged about this team, right? Like the fact that they beat UCLA is one, but the fact that it comes down to late game execution in both these games against veteran teams. Like that that's yep. not a surprise that Virginia was the better team in the closing minutes of a high pressure game or that Maryland at home uh, with a a transfer guard who's been a bucket getter at Charlotte the last couple of years uh, had had a better end to this game but this team's really talented they're really good they have toughness they just got to figure this out like this is going to script for me of of what I thought this season would be when one of these you know high you know, pressure games show that you can compete with these teams, but you're going to take some lumps and, and have some warning experiences. So I, I feel like my, my big thesis of all of this, Derek is probably that 
we, we're viewing this all differently now because this could hurt in a Big Ten championship run. But you had a Big Ten championship. Like, this is all about getting up for March, right? So if you're a five seed or a three seed, I don't think anybody cares. It's about how do you learn from these experiences to help pay off in March? Because this team's going to be in the NCAA tournament. They're too talented. They're too good uh, not to be. Um, so it's about how do you set yourself up? How do you learn from all of these experiences once it really matters? Yeah, and I think that the staff and, and everybody associated with this program understands that it was going to be a growth process of having to click together, of having the freshmen get experienced in the early part of the schedule and knowing how much you're going to be challenged. And uh, also, I mean, you look at the roster construction. Like, it was it was constructed for March. It was constructed for what's working in the NCAA tournament, and that's what the goal is. Not, not to say they don't want to be the back-to-back Big Ten champions and put up another banner and everything, but uh, the big – goal is to, to go on that deep run and to be in position to, to have that happen late in the season, which they certainly have the talent to do so, the athleticism, the length, uh, the things that – the skill, the things that go into it. There's still a ton that needs to be worked out and still needs to, to click for this team and mesh. But I think that all in all, I would still say they're ahead of the curve as far as what I would expect, just where some of the recent examples as far as parallels um, – comparable teams. I mean, it, it's easy to just pull up Michigan last year and look at them going to Vegas and playing Arizona and losing by 20 versus yeah. Illinois, how they how they beat UCLA, how they competed against Virginia. That same Michigan team early in the Big Ten schedule lost at home to Minnesota. Now Illinois has got to make sure they don't lose at home to Penn State. Yeah. But this type of performance, I, I think Maryland is, is well-suited to obviously compete early on with their experience. And this was a high-level basketball game. Like, Maryland's got a chance to to make some real noise, not only in the league, but maybe in the, in the postseason as well. But uh, another thing as far as going back to the offseason, like I wouldn't have expected Matthew Meyer to be in this spot. Like, I know that with the back injury and everything, you, you just wouldn't have factored in like how much he's he's been struggling or not been that guy in comparison to Baylor. And the fact that Illinois is still in these games – and has already beaten UCLA and could have very well won tonight in Virginia. And to not have Matthew Meyer look like one of the best transfers in the country, like that that would have been somewhat surprising how much he's supposed to mean to this team. Yeah, can I say this too? I know he's a freshman, but Ty Rogers is not really giving you anything, right? No. Like, I, I, I want to give him a reprieve because he's a freshman, but the thing was is he did all these things that most freshmen don't do and that he could help you. Like, he's – Obviously, right now, a zero, mostly on offense. I know Syracuse, he had some some nice plays uh, in that zone, which was a solid game for him. But really, in the big games, UCLA, Virginia, Maryland, he has not really made an impact. So the fact that those two are not doing that right now and you're still a really good basketball team is almost encouraging, but you do need those guys at some point to start right. really, really contributing here. Starting with Tuesday. Right, I mean Texas is really, really good, really athletic. Uh, another team that can be physical, and um, yeah, Matt, as far as a veteran that's that's been there before, it's it's a it's a broken record, but certainly uh, you still nothing's changed as far as those guys' talent. I mean, Ty was on Team USA for a reason. I, I think it's a little surprising because I would have pinpointed him as the most college ready of any of these freshmen coming in because of that experience, because of his physicality and everything, but it's, it's taken a while. And yeah, offensively, he's, he's not much of an asset. Um, 
they haven't asked him to do a ton as far as like facilitating and stuff like that. Cause back in the summer, it was like, Oh, he could, he could play some point guard at times. You haven't seen any of that. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's, it's shown that he's a little tentative offensively and, and limited as far as his jump shot. And defensively, he's, he didn't foul tonight, but he, he's kind of had a, I wondered how he'd do against Scott, which Scott didn't go off like crazy, but yeah, Ty's, Ty's still got to click and figure it out still pretty early, but, and then also same for, for Matthew Meyer but I think on the flip side of that like what Dane it took a while for Dane to really settle in but tonight once he got going he was really good uh, and then I know we've seen Sky and Jaden have their moments I think maybe in the back of some people people's minds like after seeing tonight is like will inexperienced point guard play ultimately kill you and it matters down the stretch maybe maybe not those guys are really talented there's a lot of a lot of basketball that's to be played before your season's online. Yeah, it took Malachi Branham a little while uh, to, to get going in that position. Uh, I'm not saying either of those guys will be that good, but um, it, it takes some time at this level. Yeah, like Meyer and Rodgers, maybe not as good as you thought early, but Shannon, Danger, and Epps, I think, have been better than, than expected. Yes. And I, I just can't say enough about Coleman Hawkins the last couple games there. I just want to shout him out again because I, I just thought – he carried you in the first half, and defensively, man, he is just an animal around the rim. And I think Danger too. Like I don't know if we talk enough about his defense, uh, what he does on that end of the floor. He needs to cut down the turnovers a little bit, mostly offensive fouls. But um, those two defensively, Derek, give Illinois so much at the rim. And I know you you wrote about it this week. Yeah, seven blocks tonight. Their two point field goal defense has been awesome. Coleman, obviously, with his switchability his length, his activity, the, the way he just came out, it was like shot out of a cannon tonight. And it was just the rolling momentum of triple-double Syracuse and just super confident Coleman Hawkins. They needed him to be as aggressive as he was offensively, taking a couple deep threes in the first half, getting to the rim off the bounce. It was almost like Coleman couldn't couldn't take enough shots because of Terrence was slow to get going. I know Akeem Hart being on him uh, was, was part of that. But, yeah, I think Dane – with the seven, what is it, seven seven wingspan, and, and a guy that uh, has a, a knack for swiping at the ball, and also can go straight up. We know that he's he's strong enough to be physical there uh, down in the post. And I mean, Julian Reese didn't have a marquee game by any means against your your front line. So uh, I, it's been more as as far as figuring out defensively how they've been really good on, on the whole. It's kind of understand your rotations and, and being solid in those. And uh, I think switches is, a, is an interesting uh, – I, I understand why some people are mad – or not mad, but wondering, are you, are you switching too much? Are you switching into mismatches? How do you, how do you combat that when Sky's on a, a big man or, um, you know, and that just puts you kind of in that in that spin cycle as a defense? That's something they got to figure out, but uh, still – still pretty early and those are things to address still early in this project right it's still early in this project but man the tests don't get any easier uh number two texas derek joey wagner and i'll meet you out there in in nyc um i I saw them play last night creighton i thought nemhard was great in, in that comeback but boy texas has bucket getters they got length they got athleticism and they got depth this is this is the best roster for sure that illinois has played all season yeah, definitely. And we know very well the, the guard play, Marcus Carr, Tyrese Hunter from Iowa State, and Carr had a great game against Creighton. Uh, I know that it wasn't the best shooting game from Texas. Maybe that's one thing that if you're going to try to poke a hole in their in their team or their resume, it's maybe they're not the best shot-making team from the perimeter, but they're going to challenge you downhill. I mean, 
athletically, lengthwise, they're probably as good as anybody out there. Uh, and that's something that, once again, some of the similar storylines of rebounding and, and just being able to, to contain them when they get try to get downhill on you is something you got to be able to do. And Illinois' transition defense was bad tonight in some stretches. So that's something that with Texas, you got to be able to figure out. So it's going to be a heck of a battle. It's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, Dylan Mitchell's a five star. They got DeSue down there, Christian Bishop, or high energy, like just long, twitchy, athletic guy. I mean, it's a, it's a really athletic team. It's a great coach and Chris Beard. And uh, tonight was a lot of fun. Some really good basketball, and let's run, let's run it again on Tuesday. Love it. Let's freaking go. I'm still saying it. Like, this is really <laughs> fun basketball to watch. Uh, how's the East Coast treating you, Derek, before we let you go? I try. I considered getting a crab cake because, you know, <laughs> Maryland's what Maryland's known for. But it said market price, so you got to check what that is. I said, uh, so how much is the crab cake? It's like 37 bucks. I'm like, oh, we're not eating crab cake. So, uh, too much. But other than that, it's been good. I mean, getting in this building, realizing it's Big Ten play again, and you can just feel the energy out here. Like going into the, you know, on the outside where people are getting out to restaurants and the buzz about the game that was on tonight and, and being out here it was. It was fun. It's a lot of fun. So yeah. Big Ten's better uh, get, when Maryland's good, right? Like the, the yeah. Maryland just adds a lot to this league when they're good. Yeah, they definitely do. But uh, early flight this morning, got out here, got settled, got a little nap in, and uh, we're we're ready to go see Amani Hansberry tomorrow. There He's you go. in the house tonight, and uh, Andy Olson and I are going to check out Amani Hansberry, and really excited to see Ilana commit in action. Well, I'll tell Andy how much uh, – ask him how much I owe him. I still need to owe him a little bit of money uh, for, for this trip. But uh, Joey Wagner and I will meet you out there, Derek. Uh, thank you, as always, for the time. Get some sleep, man. Look forward to it. Safe travels to you guys, and I'll see you in New York. All right, everybody, thank you for listening to the Illini Inquirer podcast. Give us a follow, rating, review wherever you get your podcast. Check us out on YouTube as well, and check out all our content at IlliniInquirer.com. Derek will have plenty from the East Coast, and Joy Wagner and I will meet him out there soon. Everybody, take care of each other. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Bye, everybody.